How do you get started as a freelance writer if you don't have any writing samples? That's what we're going to talk about today. You're listening to Copy Chatter, the podcast where we talk about all things writing business. We're having a conversation here about freelance writing and freelance writers, and you are invited. Let's chat about business, marketing, dealing with clients, mindset issues, copy tips, and rolling with the changes. We'll also delve into what's going on with this particular writer as I grow and build my own business. Ready to talk shop? It's time for some copy chatter. Whether you've been doing this for a while and you want to move into a new service, like a new writing service, or you haven't done this at all, but you want to get started, or maybe you've done some work, but it's not anything that you can share, what do you do? You need writing samples, but you don't have them. What do you do? So I want to break down what I think is the best approach to this. Now, some folks will tell you, oh, you don't need samples. Just put yourself out there, right? And that might be true if like you're on Fiverr. But um, when you want to get off of the like the market websites, and you want to start going out there and finding work, not having writing samples is really gonna just, it's not gonna work. (laughs) You're shooting yourself in the foot if you try to go out there and land work without any, without any samples. And I'm not even saying they need to be highly specifically um, related to what you're trying to pitch or what you're trying to do. Um, But you need to have some samples that give some indication of your ability and understanding as a writer. And um, your samples should demonstrate your ability to deliver for this client this stuff that you say that you can deliver your writing samples are your proof your portfolio is your proof that you can do this. It is not impossible, but it is very difficult to get hired without any writing samples. Um, The exception to what I just said is that sometimes it's a lot easier to get hired if you're being hired by someone who was referred to you by someone else, you know, or if it's like, if it's somebody, you know, if it's, if it's your friend who needs some stuff written and they trust you and they think you're good enough, they don't necessarily want to see samples. Um, then you can get hired that way. That's how I got my first gigs. Nobody even looked at my stuff. (laughs) I didn't have any stuff to show them. Well, I had a journalism degree, so I had like some school stuff, but that was about it. Um, And I don't think, I'm trying to think back. My very first client didn't, didn't want to see anything. He just was like, well, when can you start? So um, just by nature of putting myself out there as a writer, I was able to get some work. That said, um, well, no, before that said, that is still a viable way to get work. I've had, I've been hired on the spot for very expensive writing gigs by people who haven't seen anything I've written only because their friends said that I was good. So it is a thing that can happen. However, if you're trying to get established or if you're trying to break into a new market, if you've already established yourself somewhere else, you should have samples. You don't have to have samples. Um, but, but you really need them. I will say that for, um, you know, I'm trying to flip back through the mental Rolodex of all the work I've done over the past almost 11 years. Um, and then think through the ones who didn't get a sample from me. I will say the vast majority of them, if not all of them did hire me. Um, the ones that did hire me, but didn't want to see samples. I did have stuff I could have shown them. Um, it's not like they hired me and I would have had nothing to prove, uh, nothing to prove myself with if they had requested it. It's just that they didn't request it. So there's kind of a difference. You know, it's one thing to be 
um, hired because maybe you have a body of work or you have a reputation or someone is willing to vouch for you. So you have stuff that you could show prospects, but but they don't feel the need to see it. It's another thing entirely to try to go out there and find work when you're completely unproven, even completely unproven to yourself. That's the position I don't want you to be in. I want you to be equipped to be able to show samples and to be able to demonstrate your abilities, whether or not you are asked to do so. Okay, so that is the foundational understanding that we're all coming at this from, which is that we need to be able to demonstrate our skills whether or not we are asked to. So what do you do if you need to or want to demonstrate your skills and you've never, um, either you've never, uh, you've never done that type of writing before, or maybe you have, but you're not able to share it because you were ghostwriting or like it was on Upwork and the client didn't want you to share or, you know, whatever the circumstances are. And this is a fairly common occurrence. So if that's you, don't feel bad. Don't feel stupid. Don't feel like you're the only one or like you should have known better. None of that stuff applies. We are all starting from square one. We all start with zero. I was not born with a portfolio of writing clips. I had to start somewhere. Same goes for you. You were not born with a portfolio of writing clips hanging by your side, waiting to whip out and show the doctor before he smacks you on the rear end to make you scream. <laughs> Nobody was. Nobody was born a writer. Some of us were born with an innate proclivity toward writing or some talent or some interest or whatever. Um, but we all start at zero. So if you're at zero, welcome to the human race. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, however, you are going to be making your life a little bit more difficult than um, you were, will want it to be if you're out there trying to find work and you still don't have any writing samples. So let's get it fixed. One thing that you can do, and this is something that I, I go fairly in depth in this in my clips camp, is taking you through all the different places that you can look for samples of your writing that you might be able to shape into um, a real portfolio piece. And this is stuff like maybe some school papers, maybe some, uh, maybe if you did a really impassioned, lengthy Facebook post on something. Uh, maybe if you've left a really nice review, like a really lengthy review, whether it's a book review or a product review or or whatever, um, any of those things can um, can work as the foundation, or even just as a pure writing sample, like for reviews. If you're trying to um, go into like a, some kind of review writing service of some sort, which is, I think it's a thing. It's not anything I know very much about. Um, but still, it can be a, a solid foundation. You can write, people might have you write reviews as a blog post, so you can use a review, like a written review, as a sample. That's what I'm trying to say. Y'all, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm trying very hard to remain coherent, and I don't know that it's working. Happy Monday. <laughs> anyway, little punchy too, I guess. Let's get back on track. Um, yes, yeah, so look in in your um, the stuff that you have already written, whether it was for school or for um, work, a lot of times you might need to check your contract. Um, but a lot of times you might be able to use a report or some kind of analysis. Or if you're running the company social media, you can use that stuff in your portfolio. Um, or like a LinkedIn page, LinkedIn article and that kind of thing. Some, some workplaces will, will prohibit you from sharing your, you know, the internal stuff 
with the outside world. So just make sure that you're not violating any of your contracts. If you wanted to, to use some, some work samples as your early portfolio pieces. Another place you can look is if you ever had, you know, it's been a long time since I heard this term, but that used to be called cat blogs, where um, back in the earlier days of blogging, when people would just sort of be like, they would kind of update their blogs with little posts here and there, just kind of what they were doing throughout the day. I mean, there were some blogs that I would read where it was like maybe four or five sentences that they'd that they'd post a couple of different times a day. They would just go on and be like, this is this thing I was thinking about. And um, it's they call it, a, I read anyway, that it was called a cat blog because it was like just a log of everything your cat did that day, <laughs> right? I don't know about you, but I have definitely... Um, I definitely read some stuff like that. I have real memories of people just sharing bits and pieces of their lives, just like a personal blog. So if you, maybe you never had a blog that you tried to monetize or like a, a blog blog, like a formal official blog, but maybe you had a thing that you used to write where you'd, you'd write about something you'd been thinking about or something you had discovered or something you wanted to share with somebody. That kind of stuff can serve as, a, as a, like a preliminary portfolio piece. You probably want to do some formatting and sort of reshape it into something quote unquote publishable. Um, but that is a place that you can look. But really, ultimately, when it all comes down to it, if you need writing samples and you don't have any, then you need to make some. If you think that you're going to be able to go out there and find work and that the work that you find becomes your portfolio and you don't have to do anything else. Nine times out of 10, you're going to be sorely mistaken because it is hard to land work without a portfolio unless you have people behind you who can vouch for you. That is the caveat. We spent a couple of minutes talking about that at the beginning of this episode. So that's the exception. But generally speaking, the rule is you need to be able to demonstrate your abilities for anyone to hire you and your portfolio is how you demonstrate your abilities. So you need to have a portfolio when you go out for your very first search, when you are at the very beginning looking for work. You know, it's like the chicken and the egg. What comes first? The, the samples of stuff that I've written for clients or the work? You know, do I get hired or do I have my samples? You know, how do I, how do I show my work if I don't have any work yet? And, and the way that you circumvent this chicken and egg conundrum is you make some samples before you go out looking for work. I don't want to beat this horse more dead than I've already beat it. Um, but that's the thing. So you're going to need to pull yourself up by your bootstrings and strap on your rocket boots and do some writing. If you want to be a writer, you need to do some writing. I like to recommend that you have at least three four portfolio pieces. And I, I like to recommend that you have a variety of different types of posts. Um, inside Clips Camp, we talk about how to evaluate what kinds of things you still need in your portfolio so you know what kinds of posts to write. Somebody is voxing me and I'm going to turn that off right now. I have this handy little um, rubric in there. I call it a rubric where you evaluate the pieces that you have across 16 different dimensions that you will want to be able to show your clients. And then you compare what you have with what you still need. And then you use that to decide what new pieces you're going to add. It's, I think it's pretty cool. I don't know. Um, and then there are some lessons in Clips Camp that talk about the different types of posts that you can write and how to write them. You know, some like outline templates and stuff that you can use. It's pretty handy. I try to make that make it as easy as possible for you to pull together some samples, um, sample blog posts at least, which is where I recommend that new freelancers get started with blog posts. 
Um, but let's say you want to do some other type of writing service that you've never done before. Maybe you're established already and you want to move into a new service or you just want to start with a highly lucrative writing service, which I think is awesome. You know, my friend Nick Pavlidis, um, he runs Ghostwriter School and his whole thing is that like, even if you drastically undercharge and like way super undercharge for your first book that you ghostwrite, you're still making thousands of dollars. He says his, I want to say his first ghostwriting project was $3,500. And, and yeah, that's like way super ridiculously cheap for a ghostwritten manuscript. On the other hand, it's thousands of dollars, which is, you know, nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> so if you want to move into something that is going to get you more money right off the top, um, Clips Camp is not probably the right thing for you. And, um, you will still need to do a sample. So when I was trying to break into case studies, what I decided to do was go to um, a couple of the nonprofits in town. Um, I was kind of new-ish in town and I hadn't really plugged into the nonprofit scene very deeply. So I just, I just went to my church's outreach committee and I found the local nonprofits that are outreach committee supported and I reached out to each one of those there were maybe five of them I don't remember and I sent a I sent an email to each one of those and I was like I'm Ashley and I'm a writer and I want to I was wondering if y'all would be interested in me doing a case study for you pro bono um, I'm looking to increase my portfolio and this is what a case study is and how you might be able to use it would you be interested and what was crazy is that nobody got back to me which you know I worked in nonprofits for I want to say five years. I spent a lot of time, maybe six years working for nonprofits. And so I get it. Um, I get it. And so, but anyway, that was, that was my first attempt at writing a case study because I wanted it to be a real experience because it's a, you know, it's pretty involved on the, on the client side. You do interviews and there's some back and forth and it's a significant project. It's not like going to consume your entire life for six months or anything. Um, but it's a, it's a substantial project. And typically case studies are going to pay you anywhere from a thousand to 2000, maybe less if it's a more, um, if it's a shorter one, but anyway, um, yeah, so I was offering free case studies to nonprofits because then I knew it would still be useful and, um, it would be real experience. And, it, you know, it just made sense on both ends. It made sense for me to get like the real experience and it made sense for them. Um, it was a gift to them for a tool that they could use to further advance their reach and their, they could use in their own content marketing and that kind of thing. So um, that's another thing that you can think about if you feel weird writing your own samples, or if you're like, I want to write a white paper, and you don't know, um, exactly where to get started, reach out to organizations that might benefit from this and do one pro bono. Do maybe two pro bono. I don't know that I would do more than two. Um, at that point, you should be able to start getting paid. Even if you're getting paid beginner rates, you should, after you have two under your belt, you should be able to charge pretty decently for that. Um, and then maybe, you know, you continue doing free ones if you want to, but that's, that's your judgment. Um, another thing that you can do, depending on what, what the, um, services you're trying to write is you think about what your ideal client would want to read about. So for example, one of the things I'm doing right now, um, as kind of an experiment is I want to write a white paper about hiring a, an expensive copywriter. Um, 
<laughs> because that's what I am. And so if I can show people um, why someone like me is worth the price tag, then, you know, it's it's another marketing tool. Somebody is very unhappy in my house. Okay, I think we're past the screaming phase. <laughs> Yay, working from home. Um, okay, so I just want to wrap it up. All of this is to say how the how you get your first writing samples is you sit down and you write them. And now you can bring some, you can fold some strategy into them. You can fold some benevolence into them if you want to do some pro bono work for somebody. Um, make sure that you are really putting solid, solid boundaries around any free work that you do, that there's a cap, that there's a hard cap, and that it's fairly low. Like don't agree to write somebody's blog for three months. Maybe agree to write three blog posts for them, if that. Um, but don't, don't put yourself on the hook for tons and tons of unpaid work that's going to get in your way, get in the way of your ability to find paid work, which is really, you know, it's really what we're after. If we, I mean, I think charity is important. <laughs> I think generosity is important, but I'm not, um, you know, I'm trying to pay the bills and I'm guessing that you're trying to pay the bills too. So um, if you are in this for it to be a business, you need to be willing to charge and you need to be willing to charge as soon as you are reasonably able to start charging. Um, and it doesn't take more than maybe two, maybe three instances of, of writing samples for you to be able to do that. And in some cases, you might just need one. You might just need one, one, one white paper. You might just need one case study. You'll probably need more than one blog post. Um, you'll need probably maybe, again, like two or three Instagram captions or, you know, whatever, whatever it is you're trying to do, you probably are not going to need more than three of them. And the bigger the project, the fewer you will need. But you do have to do them and you do have to make it happen yourself before you can go out and get hired. For the most part, there are exceptions. We talked about the exceptions. But for the most part, if you want to get hired to do it, you need to have some samples of it in your portfolio before you go out there pitching for work. All right. Now, if you have more questions about being a freelance writer, the best way to reach me and to get support from your community we're back to hollering in the background um i think it's happy hollering this time at least anyway for more support um go to theinkwellguild.com this will take you straight to my facebook group it's free to join anyone can join it answer the questions we'll let you in and then you can start asking questions swapping resources getting feedback um seeing what other people are up to hanging out and connecting with your fellow writers it's it's one of my favorite places on the web. I love hanging out with y'all. So come hang out with me in the Inkwell Guild, and I'll talk to you next week. A funny thing happened the other day. I realized that many of my podcast listeners don't know about Clips Camp. So now I'm going to tell you about it. Clips Camp is a three-week course for new and advanced new <laughs> freelance writers who want to get started with high-paid client work. If you are on Upwork and miserable, if you're on Fiverr and miserable, or if you haven't even done anything to get started and you don't know what the first step is, Clips Camp is for you. I'm teaching you how to put together a solid portfolio of writing samples that position you as the kind of awesome writer that awesome clients want to hire. So if you want in on that or you just want more information, go to clipscamp.com and I will see you on the inside.